Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I am here today, and I don't even know what studio this is. This is our makeshift studio today because we got right, temporary. booted out of both of our other studios. We could studios. call this Studio C, theoretically. I mean, I think we've called other things Studio C at some point. Well, you know, I think it's C. But we're here, and we're thankful to God that we were able to just... A, the office... Studio B, the sanctuary. Studio C, the fellowship hall. I like it. And then I guess Studio D would be the Quonset hut if we ever end up over there. Yeah, we have power. We do. We do have power. And I they, got the power. And they cleaned it up. Oh. So what, what do we have today? Oh, man. So first and foremost, thank you guys for tuning in today. We're excited because we're here again another week. God is faithful. Oh, yeah. What a blessing it is. And what a blessing it is that you guys are listening or watching and that you're studying right along with us the Torah portions. I do want to mention, I know that uh, a lot of you guys are from Beit Tehila Congregation, so you get these facilitator outlines or these uh, participant outlines. And we have these available. So if you shoot me an email at ryan at topraise.net, we can actually provide you with our little worksheet that we work off of um, in our notes so that you too can participate with us. We can send you the actual facilitator's outline with the answers. Yeah, yeah. Unless, or, you, want to, unless you want to do it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. No, there's two options. I think you guys should have to work for it a little bit. No, that's true. But, you know, it's all good, you know. So uh, other cool things going on. We have uh, the election results still still pending. That's um, right. You know, I mentioned in my tour portion over the weekend that if you go back and you read First uh, Kings chapter one verses one through thirty-one, and then you just ponder the news today, that'll be your homework assignment. So if you're listening, you're watching, that's your homework assignment. And First that's what's Kings, going on right now this week. That's chapter the half Torah, yeah. Yep. Chapter reading one, the prophets, yeah. And you'll read about King David yes. late in his life, and and then just ponder the current events and wonder if it's relevant for today. Now, I personally hope it's relevant for today. That would be really <laughs> the coolest thing that I've witnessed in my life. But, in you my know, lifetime. only time will tell. Other than taking back Jerusalem. because Yeah, there are some more significant things. But this this would be definitely... American history uh, It would be wise. a Nicholas, a victory of the people. That's right. A victory of, of the, the people. people. And so we're praying. Uh, we're praying that God's will will be done in the election. Uh, we don't necessarily want our will to be done. We have the things that we prefer, right? But we obviously are submitted to God's will, and we want His will to be done. And ultimately, His will that's will be good. done. So that's good. Also, we're very thankful for two reasons. Number one, Thanksgiving is coming up. It is the season of Thanksgiving. Amen? This is true. And today we're drinking our Thanksgiving that's blend right. coffee. We Cheers. Are. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, Thanksgiving yes, blend Thanksgiving coffee. Yes, Thanksgiving blend. So I'm excited about that. And uh, I don't know. I think that that's, that's what we've got going on this week. Let's do it. Obviously, I want you guys to like, share, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. Hit the little bell. If you're on Facebook, like the page. Like, comment, and share um, the post that this video is in. It would be very helpful to us because we need it, you know? I mean, we're just a glutton for punishment. We want more, more people involved with the tour portions with us. So this week, we are studying the tour portion Toldot, which is Generations. Uh, and it can be found in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 25 and verse 19, and ending in chapter 28 and verse 9. So correct me if I'm wrong. So basically, we're going to go from Sarah and Abraham and Ishmael dying right. in the last Torah portion mm -hmm. to a birth of twins. Yes. Two boys. Yes. So when something dies, something lives. That's right. Just like when uh, Israel went through the Holocaust and he had all those deaths, you know, six million Jewish people, uh, 1.5 million children. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, soon after, uh, Israel becomes a nation. Can a nation be born in a day? It sure can. Sure can. So we've got Toldot, right? Generations. I mean, this is an incredible uh, Torah portion. We're going to jump right in here. Uh, right out of the gate here, Genesis 25, we have Isaac's twin boys. So how old was Isaac when he married Rebecca? He was 40 when he married Rebecca. He so was 40 years old. Three years after the death of his mother. Now remember, he's the child of the promise. He is. So uh, we got to remember that when, uh, when, he, when he had the binding of Isaac, uh, he was probably 30 years old, 
Uh, they say 37. 37. But, but um, I personally believe old. it might be 33 because I would think that it might be, since there's so many parallels between him and Yeshua and it doesn't really say, I think that... Um, it's a, he was a grown man. Yeah, he was definitely a grown man. So we have this situation. So, so why did Isaac pray for his wife? Uh, well, he had to because she was barren. So she was barren. She was barren. Remember, Sarah was barren. Yes. It tells you right in the beginning of the of that Torah portion it, in regards to uh, Abram and Sarai. Which, if you remember, she was barren. when she, when Rebecca was leaving uh, her father's house, it was uh, bestowed upon her, right? A blessing was bestowed upon her that she would be the mother of thousands of millions. So That's her true. being barren and that blessing don't really line up. And uh, I'll just, I'll jump the gun here, but basically... Um, Genesis 25, 26. So Isaac was 60 years old when his children were born. So they got married, and they waited 20 years to have kids. Yes. Sounds like a lot of people today. Oh, I'm waiting to have children. Until I'm 60. Yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> really? Really, I'm waiting. So here's the, uh, here are the verses in Genesis chapter 25, verses 22 and 23. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. So she's getting a word from the Lord. She's got this rumbling going on in her stomach. It's not Taco Bell. It's these two boys rolling around. You know, there's little shenanigans going on in there. Right. They weren't Irish. but So they're rolling around in there, and there's something going on. And she's like, what is going on here? You know, because they didn't have ultrasound. She's wondering, what's going on in here? You know, yeah. There's something going on over here. There's something going You know, maybe she do something. And so the Lord spoke to her and he gave her a word. You know, he says, basically, two nations are in thy womb, meaning two different kinds of people, two nations. Yeah. Because nations represent people. You know, the word uh, in Greek is uh, ethnos, ethnic groups. Are. So, um, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels and the one people shall be stronger than the other people and the elder shall serve the younger. So she gets this word, and she's going to process that. She's get, given this word, and just keep that in mind as we develop this storyline. Uh, before Jacob was born, he took hold of Esau's heel. Uh, the, he's got the nickname of supplanter because he's a heel grabber. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some of the sages have said, even uh, I'll credit Bill Cloud for his little commentary, that Jacob was protecting his head because, remember, the prophecy, crushed head, bruised heel, you know, and so... Uh, Satan knew this. He knows it. And so there was something going on, and Jacob was trying to protect his head because Esau, you know, is, is trying to kick Jacob in the head, basically. And he's a heel grabber. So he's just protecting himself. Uh, and, then, of course, Esau was born first, and his name means red. Uh, Jacob was born second, and his name means supplanter or maybe, you know, heel grabber. Yeah. Uh, and Isaac was 60 years old when his children were born once again. Uh, and Esau was a cunning hunter and a man of the field. Uh, Jacob was a plain man and dwelling in tents. Uh, a lot of the rabbis would say, and the Jewish sages of the commentary, that the field represents the world, and tents uh, resemble learning or the Torah. So once again, you'll see that uh, Jacob was a plain man and dwelling in tents. And they also think that he spent a lot of time with Abraham, because Abraham would have been alive, especially during you know his younger years. You know, one of the prophecies in this given to Rebekah was, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people. So would that be, is that going to be Jacob? Because he comes out second. Is he stronger or is Esau stronger? And then he gets... He right, because the assumption is the firstborn would be the greater and right. the stronger. But it's making a contrast from what would what would normally be. The, right. So, you know, this is interesting too. So uh, Isaac loved Esau because he ate his venison, you know, his deer. Uh, and Rebekah loved Jacob. So we have a you know, little favoritism going on here. Uh Parents are choosing their, their child or whatever. And, of course, uh, we move on to Jacob was the first male cook in the Bible. Yeah, so these bullet points are important, right? They lay kind of the foundational points. It's like when you open up any story, you're watching a movie, and sometimes it takes a bit to get going, but it's because you're having to lay out all the, you know, hey, you got to meet this character and understand a little bit about them. Right. you got to meet this character That's a little true. bit about them, you know? So we have That's to right. develop the characters. And take it literally. And Exactly right. So, you know... Um, so here we have, of course, Jacob was the first male cook in the Bible. Uh, when Esau came from the field and was hungry, what did Jacob want in exchange for his soup? Well, uh, Jacob wanted Esau's birthright. 
He said, yeah, sell so me his your birthright. So his inheritance. And so basically uh, he's like, sell me your birthright and For I'll give you some soup. Bowl of lentils. soup. Lentils. Yeah. Uh, lentil soup. I've never had lentil soup that good. So he's going to give up his birthright. So he came out first, so he has the birthright. So he can do whatever he wants with it, right? And that's what we're going to find out. So it says right here in Genesis 25, 34, Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Or he devalued it. Devalued it. You know, in verse 32 it says, And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? So in other words, he's saying, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die if I don't eat. So what difference does it make? I either eat and have no birthright or I just die now and I don't have a birthright. So in, uh, the decision that it's trying to make in his mind, I suppose, is that he didn't have a choice. Now, there's some extra biblical commentary on this situation. And one of the things that's said is that you know Esau was a great hunter and that he was contemporary to Nimrod and that he actually had killed Nimrod in the field, and that he was running from the people that were trying to avenge Nimrod's death at the time that he ends up on the doorstep. That's interesting. Of Jacob's house. Or he could be exaggerating like my kids. <laughs> he could just be... A- you just ate three hours ago, and you're starving to death. <laughs> exactly. I'm starving. That's also possible. Really? Let me show you what starving is, yeah. all right? Let's go to a third world country. So what's happening here is, is very interesting. It's relevant for today. So, Ryan, why is the birthright so important to God and to the individual. So it's twofold, you know. So he despises his birthright. It's no big deal, whatever. Yeah. Give me some soup. You can have it. Well, I think first and foremost... He gave up his position. People don't necessarily consider it this way. I think everybody thinks of inheritance as what they're going to get. But what they don't realize is that it's not just what they're going to get. It's also what they're going to be passing down to their subsequent generations. And so you don't just hold a birthright for your own sake. You hold a birthright for your future spouse and also for your children. So for individuals, I think that it's, it's, that's an important piece. Also, God's plan is met out through the birthright. So he has certain things going certain ways because of the seed. Look at um, you know, the seed of Messiah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, right? The seed is passed down through these individuals all the way until we get to Yeshua. And with that in mind, that birthright, I would say, is pretty important to God. That the Because he says it, right? The question is, oh, there's a great verse that I, you know, this one always, always pulls me in the feelers. It's Genesis chapter 17 and verse uh, 17, I think it's 18. Here we go. It says... So this is where uh, Sarah is going to put uh, Ishmael and Hagar out of the house, yeah, right? And Abraham cries out to God, and he says, And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee, right? So Abraham loves Ishmael, and it's his firstborn son. It's the only son he's ever had. It's, and to him, it's almost like a fulfillment to the promise because he's been convoluted from God's promise. Well, he was told that descendants would come from him. Right. So we have this term called birthing an Ishmael. And so God says, And Abraham said unto God, O that Ishmael might live before thee. So then it says, And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. God's like, Abraham, stop. I've already told you where the birthright is going to go. It is going to come from Sarah's womb. You're going to place seed there. She's going to provide you with a son. He is going to have the birthright. So you can see God pushing his agenda, again, through pushing who gets the birthright. more details. Right. So, like, Abraham didn't have all the details. Right. So much so that he took it upon himself. There's good ideas. And then there's God ideas. Uh, amen. So the term is birthright. So we have here in, in Genesis 37.3, we'll be reading this later on uh, as we develop the Torah portions. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. All right. Uh, a multicolored tunic, basically, yeah. like a tapestry. And so it seems to me that as, as we see this and there was jealousy because Jacob loved Rachel didn't really give the love to Leah that, that was deserved of her. Uh, and it's interesting that our Messiah comes from the line of Leah. But anyway, to make a long story short here. So Jacob is grooming Joseph uh, to, to get the birthright. You know, and so he was despised and hated by his brethren. There was some sibling rivalry going on. The pecking order was in full force. And so I want to bring this up 
because we're going to develop the storyline of the birthright as we look at Genesis 48, 19 and 20. It says, and his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he and his seed shall become a multitude of nations, basically a fullness of Gentiles. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel uh, bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. So Joseph has these two sons. He takes them in. He adopts them as like he would Reuben and Simeon. Right. right? He adopts them into the family. And he puts them on his lap and he loves on them. He gives them the blessing. They're in the family. And so he brings Manasseh to the right hand. You know, uh, Joseph brings Manasseh to the right hand of, of Jacob. And to the left hand, he puts Ephraim, the younger son. But Jacob crossed his hands and gave the firstborn blessing, the birthright, right. to Ephraim. So this is this is all biblical. This is all playing out. It is, and look at it. It's a pattern. So Abraham gives the birthright to Isaac, the younger son, right? Because you right. have Ishmael and Isaac. Then you have Jacob and Esau, who gets it. Well, the older one was Esau, but it was the younger one, Jacob, that, that's true. that gets it. That's true. Then you have all 12 tribes after Jacob, right? The right. 11th son, Joseph, gets you know, they all basically get skipped over and they give it to the younger son of Joseph. So, you know, and all you're getting an understanding. Yeah. So, so here's the thing, you know, we're accused of replacement theology and all these other things, but it's not true. You have to understand what God has, has, has given as far as prophecies. So in Jeremiah 31, nine, it says, they shall come with weeping and with supplications. Will I lead them? I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel and Ephraim, is my firstborn. Amen. So what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is that what you're witnessing today as you're listening to this podcast are all these people that are not Jewish. They're not natural branches. They're wild branches grafted in. Yeshua is the root of the olive tree. Uh, Israel is, is representative of this olive tree. And now you're being drawn into these things that are almost seem Jewish. Yeah. But you're not Jewish, but you're part of the plan. Yeah. So we can safely say that today Ephraim has the birthright. Judah has the scepter. Well, I'll even you know, confirm that through I mean, Scripture for you. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. So here's what's great about the Scriptures. There's some things that we read, and people think that, oh, you know, you're just reading into that, you're just making up your own conclusions or things like that. And this is not about a bloodline. Exactly right. So <clears throat> I prefer to let Scripture interpret Scripture, right? So let's just see what the Word says. And so I, I, to, um, I got this out of a book that I read that was written in, what, 1901, I think it was? Um, where he found these verses. It says in First Chronicles chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Now the sons of Reuben, and he's going through a gene genealogy. First Chronicles 5, 1. 5, 1. It says, Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. Very good. First Chronicles 5, 1. Did you go into verse 2 or no? That Just, verse 2 would be, For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler, but the birthright was Joseph's. So it's, wow. it's an interesting little piece Ooh. there. That, so that I'm telling you, Ryan, we key. are witnessing the most incredible move of God right now. All oh, over yeah. the world, people are coming out of the nations. Ephraim has the birthright. There's no real structure here, no hierarchy, no organization. Mm -hmm. Ephraim's everywhere. Yeah. But they're being raised up. And so once again, I want to say this. Why is the birthright so important to God and to the individual? The birthright requires responsibility. Right. So we got to get over this ignorance. We got to be mature and we got to be responsible. Somebody has you know? to be anointed. And so this is what we're witnessing, everyone. And this is really, really incredible. As we study this and read this and look at this, and time doesn't permit me to get into this because we got to move on. But Paul makes reference to this. Oh, yeah. Until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. Yeah. Comes into what? Their Hebrew roots, their inheritance. Mm -hmm. Then all of Israel will be saved. That's right. So this Hebrew roots of the Christian faith movement has to, has to be mainline. Yeah. It's got to be mainline, mainstream. Mainstream, yeah. Mainstream uh, message, you know. Absolutely. And then you throw the message out there and you see what you get, you know, because God invented preaching. You know, like the seed goes out, see, God invented preaching. And so who's going to adhere to the word? Who's going to bear fruit from this? Amen. That's why we're doing the podcast. We're throwing it out to the world. 
and we're going to see what we're going to catch. Yeah, absolutely. What the one last thing I think about Jacob and Esau specifically, this little struggle that I got out of last night in our tour study, which our Monday night tour studies, by the way, 7 p.m. right here at 1705 Lithia Pinecrest Road. Awesome. I think that people should be there because we really do have a good time. We get to Midrash. But Esther, um, Joel's wife, um, had mentioned that Esau represents the, the flesh and Jacob represents the spirit. And that epic battle that we all have, the, the fighting between our flesh and our spirit. And I think that a lot of people, you can go back and kind of read back through the story with that lens and really get a little bit out yeah, of it. Yeah, and, and like Jacob versus Esau, it's it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy. I mean, who came from Esau but Amalek? Yeah. And then, you know, and then who else came from from that line? Haman. Yeah, that's right. So hag- it's not good. So you can see how you're related. You know, like Ishmael and Isaac are related. Right. Just like the Arabs and the Jews are related. And there's this there's this sibling rivalry, this, this fighting going on. Let's jump into Genesis chapter 26, Ryan. Isaac moves to Gerar. You take it from here while I drink the coffee and uh, listen. Oh, you enjoy that coffee. With Thanksgiving. Yes. (laughs) So during the time of Isaac, there was a famine in the land, and he went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, to Gerar. Now, um, something I've learned in recent years is that Abimelech is a... Abimelech? A title for... I like how you you, you pronounce that. Abimelech. 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 Well, because it's Abba, right? Father, king, something like that. That's true. Um, it says, the Lord did not want Isaac to go to Egypt, but to dwell in the land. And so, there's the Philistines. Right. In They're the in the land. Man, they've been there a long time. You know, those darn Seafarers. Philistines. The invaders. Uh, so Isaac got the same blessing that was promised to his father Abraham in chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. So the Lord did not want Isaac to go to Egypt, but to dwell in the land. Is that correct? I, yes, we just read that, yes. Oh, I, I didn't even comprehend that. Yeah. Yeah. So, he didn't have to. Uh, he didn't have to worry about the famine. Well, he didn't have to go to Egypt like everyone else did when there was a famine. He's the child of the promise. Because he's the child of the he's promise. The, he's the main, the main but, character. But here's what God told him in verses three and four. He said, "Sojourn in this land, and yeah. I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give." These countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So he's speaking blessed. to us. He is. He heard it. God is talking to us. He got it him. firsthand. Wow. And he says here in uh, verse 5 as well, because 3 and 4 it says, Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. What? Wow. Wait a second. So stop, 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 stop. So, so he's telling Isaac this. So first off, Isaac's getting the blessing, not for anything that Isaac did, but because of the faithfulness of his father. And he's got his two boys with him. He does. But think about that, right? He's getting the blessing because of the faithfulness. But now, how much blessings do we have? Not because of what we've done or our faithfulness, but because of the faithfulness of our Father. Amen? That's good. But check this out. Abraham kept his charge, his commandments, his statutes, and his laws. It was orally given. Wow, so God gave Abraham the Torah. And so it says that Isaac dwelt in Gerar. So... He ends up dwelling amongst the Philistines with Abimelech as their king, and so he ends up getting himself into a little position where he has to make a decision. Go on. And so, Pastor Nick, could you tell me, what lie did Isaac tell the other men about Rebekah? Oh, that she was his sister. Ah. So he's among some foreigners, some shady characters, mm-hmm. just like his father Abraham did twice. Yeah, sins you know? of the father. So, yeah, the sins of the father or... You know the, the culture, but but then again, we see a little pattern here, and it's going to develop into Jacob as well. We'll be lying. Yes. So that's one of my main points. So Don't Isaac lie. Isaac lied because he feared for his life. Right. Right. And so, um, but guess what? He gets found out. His lie that's does true. not last. It's brought to the light. Check this out. From a window, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, saw Isaac was sporting with Rebekah and confronted him. Isaac said Rebecca was his sister because he did not want to die. He was sporting. See, I can tell my wife, look, she was watching football with Isaac. No, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to work. I, I got to say. This, they were intimate. They this were, is awkward, right? You meet some people. Flick. You yeah. meet some people, and they tell you, oh, we're brother and sister. 
And then you see them through a window like... Wait a minute. That's not what brothers and sisters do. Where they're from, they must do weird stuff yeah. with their brothers it, and sisters. You're not from Kentucky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kissing uh, cousins. Yeah, it's West Virginia. <laughs> Kissing cousins. Uh, that's where Scotty's from, West Virginia. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he listens to the podcast, so we're okay. Ah, uh, well, he might. Yeah, well, somebody might tell him. Somebody might tell him. Somebody should tell Scotty to listen to this <laughs> podcast. Say, say, there's something hidden in here for you, Scotty. <laughs> no, let's that's not. Scotty let's move on. Anderson. Let's right. move on. All right, we'll move on. All right, we so got to move on. Abimelech was concerned that uh, guiltiness could come upon his people if someone laid with Rebecca. So this is interesting. God comes to him. He says, And Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He that toucheth this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. So he comes in, he's obviously hiding, so he lies in order to protect his life, which is we all know is not well, right. He didn't, the guy didn't come to him in a dream. He saw it for himself. Well, he did. He saw it for himself. But with Abraham, remember, the That's guy right. had right, to have right, a dream right. in order right. to stop him from messing up God's plan. Correct. Sarah can't have Abimelech's child. So what's interesting, though, is that even though Abraham, or, uh, Isaac didn't exactly do the right thing in this situation, right. he ends up coming out says here, when Isaac sowed in the land the same year, what was his return? A hundredfold, Ryan. So one seed drops in the ground, and you get a hundred more out. Yeah, one to a hundred ratio. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, I mean, I don't have that yeah, much Remember, luck. it's like yesterday, I was giving out some ones. Yeah. And I got a whole bunch of 20s. I know, I saw that. It's an insight. He's like story. a mafia boss, you know? I, just, I, people I mean, just walk you know, up to him and just pockets full. This you know, is how just, you build a congregation with the little ones, right? That's right. But I get the money back. See, you do. Because they go back, they go to the marketplace. Yeah, you invested. I know what I'm doing. You invested. I saw it. Yeah. So go to the marketplace. <sighs> Listen, you can have this, but you have to spend it right over there. <laughs> Buy these for a dollar, but they're five cent chocolates. I tell you, that's so fun. <laughs> our, our congregation is like one third children. Get over it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't like kids, you might as well leave now. While like, oh. cause there are, there's more coming. I'm just glad you had enough ones because I saw like once you had like three or four of them kids came up to you. You know, it's funny. The how, rest of them, they like, no. like, where did all of you come from? You know, it's funny how when I went to the store, they said, would you like some cash back? I said, yeah. So she didn't she didn't have any like more fives. I said, oh, I'll take a bunch oh, of ones. I got yeah. kids. Yeah. Give them a dollar for this. Some, you know, do the chores and. You know, walking on my back in my dollar. And so yesterday at the tourist day in the foyer, yeah, I had a bunch of small children coming up to me. And and then the word got out, Pastor Nick's giving out dollars. (laughs) There was like a line of these kids. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you know, I got to give them one. That's right. And then actually one kid came up for for a second. I was going to say like change his hat, you know. I don't know. I said, no, no, I I gave you a dollar. (laughs) It's better to give than to receive. Amen. I'm going to win those kids over. You are. Somehow. You are. So Isaac waxed great. And had possessions of flocks, herds, servants, and the Philistines envied him. So interesting. Wow. Wouldn't that be cool if the world just envies us as Christians? No, it wouldn't be cool. No, because I'll tell you why. Because you know what? We're doing something right. I mean, I get it. It depends on what what kind of envy we're talking about here, because there's a couple different levels of that. But I guess the question would be then, why is envy a sin? I'll tell you, and I was really praying about this. It's kind of like you're, you're, you're driving, and you, you pull up into this intersection, and you stop, and you're in your car or whatever, and you look over, and you see this really nice car. It's like brand new, shiny. You can even smell new car smell coming out of the windows. Yeah. Because you're, you're driving your car, you know, like a 98 Buick Skylark. That's what I was driving. <laughs> do, you know, do you know anything no, about that? No, but I experienced that? this. Okay? Yeah, I know you did. And I'm just kind of looking like, but then I drove, I said, you know what? I don't have a car payment. So I would say this. When we, we, when we envy and covet, um, we do this because we are not grateful for what we have. That's right. See, and, and matter of fact, that's even a commandment. Thou shalt not covet. You don't want what other people have. Right. You want what God has for you. That's right. Especially your gifts and talents. You know, I, I love what the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you got to love yourself. You know, I also wrote down, this is what I wrote last night. I put... Uh, that envy is sin because it is denying that God's grace and provision is sufficient. Yeah. And so I think that if we understand that each of us are in, you know, I have a friend, Dan Schock, and he always says that God has each of us in a customized leadership curriculum, right? That our lives, that God is putting us through a curriculum, you know? I agree. The moving parts are so important. And uh, and so when we look and we see things through the lens of envy and not through the lens of gratefulness. Like we're not happy with what God's plan is Then for we're us. not happy with God's plan for us and what the will of wow. God is. And so the, ultimately then we're poking God in the eye like, y- your plan for me is not good enough. 
And it's like, man, that's just not, that's not the right way. And you know what? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. You get into a place where you're grateful and the blessings will flow. I would say that gratitude and gratefulness and just the joy that comes through that attitude of gratitude it has it will result in more blessing than you can even what imagine. Does it say you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his, his courts with, with praise. praise. That's right. So can you continue on in the story because, uh, like I said, there's some real challenges going to happen here. All right. So it says, uh, "What did the Philistines do to all the wells that Abraham's servants had dug in the past? They stopped them and filled them with earth. That's right. They now that's out of spite. Imagine that's... water is a main source of life. Hey, we're in the desert. The water fill this well with dirt. If you look at the the, the path that that Abraham traveled with his family to, to go towards the, the promised land. It was along the Euphrates. Then they come back down where the Jordan was, but you had to travel along a water source because you needed water. If you notice, they didn't just go straight across through the desert, which is uh, definitely something you don't want to do. So uh, this story just, it, it's, it's weird. Let's continue on here. It's weird. So Abimelech wanted Isaac to depart from him because he was mightier than him. So, uh, you know, these... When we say kings, we really mean like tribal leaders, because at this time you got to think that you have cities and each city has like a leader and that was their king. And so you'll have uh, conglomerations of kings and maybe one that's the most powerful that's like the king of kings, so to speak. Right. And of course, Abimelech, you know, going back just a little bit here, you know, he, he had a conscience. Abimelech did have a conscience. So he was a decent leader. This particular Abimelech. Yeah, he, he actually had a conscience. And he understood what it was to be like a mayor or a leader or a governor or whatever. And so continue on and, and, and see what, what actually happens now. So you would think, you know, Isaac's now going to strike off on his own. Uh, I'm guessing either the famine is over in some way, shape, or form, right. or he's just kind of moving out on his own. It says, Isaac departed from Abimelech in the valley of Gerar and digged the wells again of his father, Abraham. And so Abraham had already dug the wells. They had kind of dried up. So he's right. redigging the wells of Abraham, his father. And Isaac had herdmen of Gerar strive with him in regard to two wells that he had his servants dig called Essek, which means contention, and Sitna, which means hatred. Now, this is a bummer because let's just say uh, the area is not exactly the most fertile Plus, it's not hospitable. Green area in the world. No. So to have a, a well of water and then to have people come and fill it up, I mean, that's just cutting your nose off to spite your face. It's really, really not fun. So um, they ended up trying to claim these wells. So Isaac kept saying, okay, no big deal. I'll move on. So he moves on, digs another one. Then they come and they try to say he's going to take this one. So what point is enough enough? And so here it goes. Isaac's third well was called Rehoboth, which means room or space. And because there was no strife. So, so finally, three is divine of the Lord. He three finally, is the Godhead. Right. He finally gets of the Lord. to a place where he digs a well and nobody's bothering him. And that's in, in the, uh, what is it, in the inner court, you have three pieces of furniture. Ah, ah, and then you have three areas. Ah, outer court, inner court, holy, holy of holies. holies. The three heavens. The earth, the second heaven, and then the third heaven where the, God dwells. The Kodesh. Kodesh. So let's continue on in this story because we're... Uh, I'm going. Move on. I'm going. When, There's a lot of action here. When Isaac went to Beersheba, uh, the Lord appeared to him and told him that he would bless him and multiply his seed for Abraham's sake. So for whose sake? Again, for Abraham's sake. Because he came from Abraham. And from Dan to Beersheba, it's, it's, I think it's the uh, fifth most populated city in Israel, Beersheba, to the south. Interesting. So after the Lord appeared to Isaac, he built an altar and then his servants digged a well. Interesting. All right. So Ab Because you went to Beersheba, he you can't bring your well with you. No, you can't you can't bring your well with you. Well, well. Well, well, well. So Abimelech went from Gerar to Beersheba to make a covenant with Isaac that they would not hurt one another. So I think Abimelech is, is getting the feeling that um, uh, this guy really gets around, though. Well, but Isaac's beginning to grow with his numbers of people that are with him. Because you got to think that Isaac is a Zadik, right? He is a preacher of righteousness, just like Abraham was. And he inherited his father's wealth, and with that wealth came probably the people that were joined to Abraham. So he's in Gerar, and mm -hmm. all this goes down. Right. Even between, you know, Isaac and Rebekah's sporting, right, in Gerar. Mm-hmm. And, th and then he's going to go down to Beersheba. That's right. And it, so this guy actually pursues him. He does. He comes to and make finds a treaty. Him. He finds him. And so after Isaac agreed to the covenant with Abimelech, his servants digged and found another well called Sheba, which they called the well 
of the oath. And so this is where they made covenant with Abimelech. And so we've kind of had this conversation, I think, before, but um, it's good to have covenant with people around you, even if they don't aren't to like you or believe agree- the way they have you agreements. Live. Because what was what was the goal, what was the goal of the covenant? Hey, you don't mess with me and hurt me, and I won't mess with you and hurt you. Right. I mean, what? It's tell like me what, what harm could like come Yeshua from that covenant? Was saying, right? He says, if they're not scattering, they're gathering. If they're not against me, they're for me. Exactly. If they're not against me, they're for me. And uh, in this case, I think that uh, they weren't necessarily. It's like a country that doesn't normalize relations with Israel, but at least they say, hey, look, let's just make a covenant not to fight each other. So, like, if anything goes you down— You should get along with those in your community. Right. So let's let's do number nine, and yeah. then I'll do Genesis 27. All right. So uh, Genesis chapter 26, verses 34 and 35. And Esau was 40 years old when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, and Beshemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite which were a grief of mine unto Isaac and to So Rebecca. he's 40 years old. He's going to definitely be unequally yoked now because yeah. he's burying somebody from the land. By the way, all these ites that are in the land, God wants to bring Israelites into the land to remove those people because he wants righteous people in this righteous land. Yep. You know, well, I mean, this so, is so let the, me ask you this, though, real quick, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, because I was just thinking, like, Mike, you know, if he was 40 years old, how old was Isaac? 40. They're twins. No, I'm saying how old was Isaac? His father, if he saw oh, I'm 40, sorry, I'm sorry. You're right. Then you're he right, would have been. He would have been a uh, hundred. Yeah, yeah. hundred. So Isaac's a hundred years old yeah. when his son finally gets married. Well, that's also the same <laughs> um, age. Well, that's a good point. So it's the same age that he got married. So it's Isaac just got interesting married. How you start doing the math and think about this. Yeah. it takes it to another level, you know, because the, the Torah is made up of so many things. Just like geographically speaking, Gerar, Beersheba, the people, the sure. timeline, the ages. Right. There's so much to study here. Are we ready to go to 27? I'm ready to go to 27 when you're ready to go to 27. Okay, Jacob steals Isaac's blessing. So, Ryan, what did Isaac want from Esau before he would die to personally bless him? He says, please, go and hunt some venison and prepare it for me for a meal. Wow, you know that's good too, boy. Uh, listen, I'll tell you what, I'd never had venison until I met Bill Carter, and now I really like venison. <laughs> We had it for the men's meeting. <coughs> it was good. Yeah. So so Rebecca overheard the conversation, Ryan, between Isaac and Esau, and came up with a plan to get the blessing for Jacob instead of Esau. So let's stop right there, mm. and let's start putting the wheels in motion well, What would have given her that idea? Well, she was told Bye. the elder would serve the younger. Now, Abraham was told, you're going to have descendants. That's right. So the term birthing in Ishmael means you're out of line. Yeah. You did something on your own. To fulfill a promise. Yeah. Because a promise is a divine assurance of good. It's got to be of the Lord. So he promised Abraham all these descendants, so he jumped the gun. He was with Hagar. They had Ishmael. And so think about it. So now all of a sudden, Rebecca jumps on this. Now here's the, 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 the million-dollar question. It's this. Um, what would have happened if Rebecca just would have let it play out? God, God would have figured it out. God would have fulfilled the promise. So she's trying to get in there. So here's what it says. Uh, once again, Rebecca overheard the conversation between Isaac and Esau and came up with a plan to get the blessing for Jacob instead of Esau because there's favoritism of the mama's boys here kicking in. But in Genesis chapter 27, verses 11 through 13, and Jacob said to Rebecca, his mother, behold, Esau, my brother is a hairy man and I am a smooth man. and My father peradventure will feel me and I shall see seem to him as a deceiver and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. Mm. So he's going to obey his mother. Let the curse be on me, she says. Mm-hmm. And this will be the last time he ever sees his mother. I wonder if it works this way, you know? Like, is it, are you allowed to do that? Or are you just say, oh, you know what? The curse will be on me. Like, does that, or does God, you know, have his own? Like, no, thank you. I'll decide who gets well, cursed. Well, you know, it kind of reminds blessed. me, you know, when, when Yeshua was being crucified, and they said, oh, let his blood be upon us and our children. Whoa. And they used that against the Jewish people. Yeah, that's not good. Like, he came to his own, his own didn't receive him. But, you know, like I said. But, you like, know, things not to say. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so he's going to be a good boy. So Rebecca put Esau's clothing on Jacob, along with the skins of the goats on his neck and hands. Jacob confessed twice to being Esau after bringing the savory meat to his father Isaac. You know, these are classic these are uh, lies. He biblical lies movies. twice. Right? Biblical I mean, movies here. Why? If you want to watch a biblical movie, it's really good. Uh, watch the movie called Jacob. Yeah. Very good. So did Jacob succeed in fooling his father that he was Esau, his firstborn son? I think so. He kind of pulled something off here. I mean, 
I think, I mean, Isaac definitely has his suspicions. Is like, it is the feeling I, I, of my I, son Jacob, or yeah. Esau, but is the voice of my son Jacob. Yeah. You know, he so, says that. Something didn't line up. Boy, which, they, he didn't have good eyesight. Which lets me believe. That's how you pull it off. See, they didn't have lens crafters back then. No, they didn't. But it makes or me contacts, believe that. Bifocals. Um, it lets me believe that, that Isaac was a little bit complicit in this. You know, like he kind of knew what was going on and did it anyways. Wow. What an incredible storyline. And, and, and those of you that are listening, you have siblings or you've been brought up in your family, mixed family, whatever it is, you know, what a soap opera, you know, what a mixed family. What, yeah. a, what, what, I mean, you think about, it, you talk about dysfunctional, I mean, right out of the gate here. Um, and so he was successful. And so uh, I'm going to let Ryan take it from here uh, because Isaac gives this blessing. Yeah. And when he gives it, he can't take it back. That's right. Okay. So, so, so he's there. He's uh, he's with his father. His father can't see. He's convinced his father that he's Esau. And so here comes the blessing that. And this is what he was shooting for. Yeah, that Isaac speaks over. Um, it's powerful. Jacob. And so it says, therefore, God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be every one that curseth thee. And blessed be everyone, be he that blesseth thee. While let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Yep. Be Lord over thy brethren. I know. Which, There's the birthright. How many brethren are there? There's going to be a lot. <laughs> let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Yeah. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. I mean, th- this even when we get to the story of Joseph, we can go back and reflect on Jacob now that he got this right yeah. so what what was the uh, what was the result of this so he, he got the blessing he did he got the blessing that There's was no taking it back those verses were uh, Genesis 27 verses so he, now Jacob has the birthright he does and he has the blessing and the blessing Wow. so here's the deal um, this gets a little bit sad you know what I mean little, little tears because here comes Esau it says when Esau came in just after Jacob had left he went to give the savory meat that he had prepared to Isaac, and his father trembled very exceedingly. So, boom, Isaac understands what just happened. Because all of a sudden, Esau shows up with meat, like, uh, well, what happened? So after yeah, e- I'm full. Yeah, I already ate. I can't eat it. I again. already gave your blessing away. Yeah. This is awkward. After Esau found out that Isaac had given the blessing to Jacob, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and wanted his father to give him a blessing. Now, I think this is uh, chapter 27, verse 34, and it says 35 here... 35 and 36. Oh, is it on there already? Genesis 27, verses 35 and 36. Is that true? That's exactly what I was about to read. All right. Yeah, your outline is well, a little bit me, different, laid out a little different. It is just a little bit. Let me let me look at um, verse uh, 34 as well. Okay. So, so this is what Esau is going to get. Yep, yeah, it says... It's like leftovers. It says, And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry, and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. He says, Your blessing's gone. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? And it keeps going. Um, Let's just keep reading these verses. And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants. And with corn and wine have I sustained him, and what shall I do now unto thee, my son? I gave him everything, son. What am I going to give you? You know, like what is there left? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou not but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. And by the, thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou, sh- uh, when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. Just going back, you know, you think about fake news or accusations. Fake news. Fake news. This is huge. This is huge. Check this out. He accuses Jacob of, of, you know, taking his birthright. Yeah. He sold it for soup. See, Ryan, the thing we got to remember, all of you listening to this podcast, you have a moral, spiritual responsibility. That's right. To follow God. Yes. You just can't do what you want. You can't just go your own way because you have a role to fulfill in the earth today. That's right. And you wouldn't be listening to this podcast 
unless you were interested, or God's writing Torah in your mind and your heart. So then where do we go from there? So I want to encourage all of you that are listening to this. This is what we're seeing. So yeah. basically, he's boo-hooing over, you know, uh, he didn't get the blessing yeah. because he gave up the birthright. That's right. You know, people just want to be blessed. Uh, I love my team. You know, Ryan does a great job. Him and his wife do the greeters ministry. And I'm so happy with them and just so proud of them. And, and just Stop what a great off. family. And they give of themselves. Mm-hmm. And even in hospitality, all these areas. And I'm just saying that I look at them and I say, wow, those are people that have the birthright. Because oh. you're working it. Yeah. I definitely want A it. lot of people just want a blessing. Yeah. Oh, I just want to go through the line. Put some food on my plate. Yeah. Pick up my plate, but I'm going to eat the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't prepare it. You didn't do any of that. Sure. So whoever gets the birthright has to work the hardest. They say that whoever gets the vision has to work the hardest. So, you know. The birthright, as you mentioned, um, you know, when you think about the firstborn, and the firstborn is the one that in tradition receives the birthright, right? Generally. Right. Um, they're usually the one that's more responsible. They have to take care of their younger that's siblings. That's a good point. The they're birthright goes things. to the firstborn, right? but it can go down the line. It can, You're but an example. it's going to go to who is responsible, right. who is taking the responsibility. To carry on the name right. and the, the purpose of God. Amen. When you guys think about that that are listening to this podcast, you are not insignificant. That's right. You are so significant. You are essential in God's kingdom, you know, and you don't have to wear a mask. So my, my, my thing is, for all of you that are listening, we are living in the most exciting times. Boy, are we. As we see a government that there's a lot of uncertainty about the election and who really won and all these other things, rest assured that you are a child of God in the kingdom of God. You are in the world, but not of the world. Sure. And God's got a plan for you. And there's nothing greater than doing the plan with others. Yeah. And then joining with others that are doing their plan, yeah. doing their part. You know, like Hayuvel is doing a great work on Harbor Ka. We're doing a great work here. So it's like the Atlanta airport. It's a connecting flight. Right. We all need to catch that connecting flight. You know, the destination is great, but the journey is greater. So this is, this is developed to where once again, we know that the prophecy given to Ishmael and he was cast out because Abraham took matters into his own hands with Hagar and having a child. The prophecy is that Ishmael's hand would be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. That's right. Because he got the short end of the stick. But here's the thing though. Now, and by the sword, shalt thou live, Esau. Yeah, Esau we know gets who a comes from Esau, yeah. but Amalek, right. Haman. Ugh. I mean, this is real, everybody. You, yeah. you know, family members can go south and all that, and so we've got to be careful. But think about the epic battle that's been going on since this time between the descendants of Ishmael that have, you know, conjoined with right. the descendants of Esau versus the descendants of, of Jacob. Um, we're talking about a family feud that has lasted thousands of years that's not fake news um and it's funny too because you know how like uh people will come out and say things to the media and it'll be fake news right but then they go to court and they say something else because they're under oath you've seen that that's kind of what happens here in this story perjury even though jacob made shrewd moves right he took advantage of the situation you know when the case of the lentils he said well sell me your birthright boom he got it for a bowl of soup now he didn't pay the right amount, right? He didn't pay top dollar for that, but he got it nonetheless, and he got it legally, right? So to speak. Same thing happens here, where he, you know, he works his way in, finagles his way in to get the the blessing from Isaac. And so what has he done? He's really ticked Esau off. Esau's not happy. It says here, Esau hated Jacob because he stole his blessing and plotted to kill him after his father's death. So he says, when dad dies, you better watch out because I'm coming to kill you. And so when Rebekah heard that Esau was going to kill Jacob, she planned to send him to her brother Laban's house in Haran until Esau's anger subsided. So they're going to say, you know what? We're going to send Jacob out of here. And they were already upset because if you remember a few verses back um, when uh, he takes a wife, um, Esau takes a wife, and it upsets Isaac and Rebekah. And so they're going to send him yeah, away. Esau has two wives already. Already. The two Heotite women. That's right. And so they send him off. Uh, to, they planned to send him off. And so Rebecca did not want her son Jacob to take a wife from the daughters of Heth uh, in the land like her other son Esau had already done. And so uh, I'm going to let you take it from here. Why don't we want to jump into okay. chapter now, 28? Now here's some interesting things. So, so, and I just want to read a, a portion Ooh, of scriptures from Obadiah. Obadiah. So remember now, we're looking at this birthright and these blessings. Yeah. Because everyone has a part to play, you know. Uh, here's what it says right here in Obadiah. There's only one chapter, verse 17 uh, through 19. Now, check this out. Now, 
This is in reference to Jacob and Esau. Here it goes. But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Why? Because he has the birthright. That's he right. has the firstborn blessing. And he has the blessing. And he goes on to say, And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble. And they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord hath spoken. Wow. So here's Jacob, and then here's Joseph, who's a part of Jacob, because that's his son, and then he has Ephraim and Manasseh. But look what verse 19 says, and Obadiah, there's only one chapter. And they of the south shall possess the mount of Esau, and they of the plain the Philistines, and they shall possess the fields of Ephraim, and the fields of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. Wow. Benjamin. So here we have this storyline, Ryan, because the, 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 the three things that are synonymous are the people, the Bible, and the land. Mm-hmm. You know. So what we have here in Genesis 28, Jacob runs away from Esau, okay? Because now she overhears. Boy, Rebecca always hears the, the latest news. The inside scoop. She's an insider. <laughs> she Oh, I was just going to give the blessing. I got to get Jacob in there to get this, not Esau. Uh, now she hears, oh my gosh, my son wants to kill Jacob. I got to get him out of here. Remember that threats are real. When people say they're going to do something, believe them. Yeah. If somebody threatens you, believe it. Don't think, oh, they don't mean it. Remember that because out of the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth, mouth speaks. speaks. So sure. murder is in people's hearts. So did Isaac want Jacob to find a wife from the daughters of Laban instead of Canaan? Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Same thing uh, that Abraham wanted for Isaac, they want for Jacob. I mean, if you think about it, remember you have Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Yeah. Okay? And of course, what happened to Ham, his descendants become Canaan, right. and they're cursed. Right. You know, and so you don't want to be a part of that. No. Did Isaac pass on to Jacob the Abrahamic blessing before sending him to Padan Aran? He sure did. Let's read it. Genesis chapter 28, verses 3 and 4. So he's not only going to give him the blessing because he has the birthright, he's going to give him a blessing while he's on the journey. And this is what he says to to, uh, Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, verses 3 and 4. Let's read the word. Public reading of scriptures. Whatever you speak comes towards you. All right. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people. What? What? A multitude of people? A multitude of people. And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Like the stars of heaven and the the sands of the beaches of Bradenton. (laughs) Lido Beach. (laughs) St. Armand Circle. So, wow, this is incredible. So here we go. Genesis chapter 28, verses 8 and 9 says, And Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father, then went Esau unto Ishmael, and took unto the wives which he had, Mahaleth, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, and the sister Nebajoth, to be his wife. So basically, he's got three wives now, right? He does, and so... Two Heotite woman, women, and one from Ishmael. He just doesn't get it. So it's like... I'm going to marry in the family. But he just doesn't get it. But Ishmael was sent out. It's like, so what don't you get? <laughs> you can have physical blessings. Yeah. You know, so basically Esau has two wives already, and now he's got a third one. Yep. So here's our uh, here's our closing uh, remarks here. What two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion? Toldot Generations, Genesis chapter 25, verse 19 through uh, chapter 28 and verse 9 from a consensus of Ryan and Pastor Nick. These are my two. Okay. When I looked this over. Mm-hmm. And I'm building on my case with Abraham as well. Number sure. one, don't lie. I don't know how you get that out of this Torah portion. Don't lie. So I'm just saying that's my number one. Isaac lies, he gets blessed a hundredfold. I said don't do it. Jacob lies, he gets a birthright yeah, but, and a blessing. But why go that route? I'm just don't saying. Don't lie. I'm just saying. You know, it, 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 I don't giving, think that's a lesson learned from the, this Torah. Here's portion. the thing, you know. Oh, you keep going around the mountain, you know. Yeah. But. I'm just saying that, yeah, God, is he's going to fulfill his plan. Yes. But we really want to position ourselves to do it the right way. Yes, That's why we I use agree. the term, don't birth an Ishmael. I agree. But don't lie. Agreed. You ever had to lie for a lie for a lie? And then you say, well, if I, I just I If I just said no, it. then it would just be adding another you know, lie to the lie to the lie. We, we watched this movie, The War Room, you know, and of course it was stealing, not lying. But um, what this husband was doing with his company. But what I'm saying is that, you know, don't lie. Don't lie. I agree. You now, should not lie. If someone says to me, do you believe that you're Ephraim? Yeah. I believe I'm part of the nations that are coming back. Yeah. 
Okay. Grafted in. Do you in. believe in the the, uh, the the fullness of the... Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be doing these things if I didn't believe it. You believe you're part of the house of Israel? The commonwealth, Ephesians 2, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so the thing is, don't be ashamed. Amen. You know, don't be ashamed. So that's number one, don't lie. Number two, uh, whoever has the birthright has the responsibility to fulfill it. Ooh, that's a good one. So whoever has the birthright has the responsibility to fulfill it. So I would say even as a pastor and, and, and part of the church, as a believer, a son of God... I need to do my best for my, my wife and my kids in this community, you know, and my church to make it better and to represent it and have yeah. morals and values yeah. and to help all those around me. The biggest thing I, I see that I really want to do more of is intercession, a lot more intercession, a lot more mercy and grace, but to really extend a hand to people. So whoever has the birthright has the responsibility to fulfill it. And Ryan, that's the problem with this movement, the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement. We got to be movers and shakers. We got to be doing the works. Yeah. We need to be actively pursuing it like when we send people to Hayovel or we go to the land of Israel or we have the Jewish people come to our congregation and say we love Israel we love the Jewish people come on somebody yeah. let me tell you something God's got blessings for you to support Israel and the Jewish people respect Judaism let me say that again please respect the faith of others respect Judaism and then practice your faith you know we could do so much in our, so much more in our faith Ryan if we would leave everybody else alone Amen. Because what, what do we have to gain by criticizing that's not really working out your faith? You know, so let me encourage all of you that are listening. Man, we love you. You guys are awesome. We just want to encourage you. And, and let me just say this as a testimony. God has given both Ryan and I mercy and grace in our own personal lives Amen. to be able to do this. Yes. And I do believe that this is the will of God. I do believe it is thus saith the Lord. Yes. We are, we are not here, here two guys talking about current events. No. Even though that these are current events in the Torah. It's amazing. But I'm saying to all of you that are listening, you know, to God be the glory. Yes. We could be talking about a lot of things. We could have a panel of anything. But we want to, to lift up the Torah portions every week to you and encourage you. And like I said, your feedback is incredible because we share this feedback with our community. Yeah. Hey, we've been doing these podcasts. We just got an email. We just got a, a thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. You somebody know, posted, you know. Just somebody posted something just recently. So your feedback is critical. And everybody talks about that. Ring that bell. Subscribe. But I'm saying that we do love your feedback because we want to know how your life is being changed and encouraged in the situation that you're in. Maybe a small fellowship, a small home fellowship or whatever you are. That's how we started out. So everything that we have and everything that we are are because of, of God wanting us to make a difference in this community. Amen to that. All right, so I'm going to give you my two. My first one is who you pick as a spouse is important, All right? And so Ooh. in the past uh, Torah portions, we've seen how they pointed the, the guys in the right direction, right? You need to go this way, you need to go that way. Don't bring on that second wife and birth an Ishmael, right? We've learned these lessons already. Um, in this case, we saw what not to do with uh, Esau. Esau took two of the daughters of Heth and then uh, also took a, a, a wife from Ishmael. And so now just trying to please his parents and doing things on his own, right, uh, he ends up picking three women that his parents are not happy with. Now He's really unequally yoked. Check this out. Remember I said at the beginning about what Esther said in our Monday night thing, that Esau is a picture of the flesh, Jacob is a picture of the spirit. Yeah. Well, check that out. In your flesh, you try to do things, you end up birthing an Ishmael or marrying the daughters of Heth or the daughter of Ishmael. So not good. So It's like that song by Fleetwood Mac. You, you can, can go, go your own way. Yeah, yeah, you can go your own way. That's right. Yeah. Well, you can, and ultimately it leads to destruction, right? The, the Proverbs say that there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to you know destruction. I, I'll tell you, Ryan, right now, you know, if you follow God, the blessings come. They do. And if you really, you know, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, that part of the discourse, you know, mm -hmm. it's God blesses those that try and care. He does. And you have to care and you have to try. There's things that hold people back from really digging into their relationship with the Lord. And whatever that thing is, you've got to unload that thing because the minute you do, yeah, everything else will straighten itself out. God just he's he's he wants to bless people. What's point number two? All right. God's grace is sufficient, right? We talked about envy earlier in this, uh, and I just think that whatever's going on in your life, um, the fact that you're being tested or you're going through some sort of a trial, 
Uh, Paul says to rejoice in those trials, but there's a reason for it, right? And he even like go, Abraham, ten tests, he passed them. He even goes through it and says, you know, that that your uh, the trial, you know, begets patience, which perseverance, right, which builds character. And so ultimately, God cares about our character and understanding that God's grace is sufficient to us and that God's grace is pervasive throughout our lives. All you have to do is open your eyes and see God's grace in your life and become thankful for that. Yeah. And God's I, grace I, will expand. I'll give you an example of grace in my life. Let's hear it. When I had to give up alcohol, God empowered me. Yes. To give up alcohol. Amen. So grace gives gives you the ability not to sin. Right. We don't have to pull out the grace card because the acronym is Godly Riches at Christ's Expense. Well, Paul addresses that, right? Does that yeah, mean that we go on riches. sinning? No. God forbid. That's right. God <laughs> forbid. Yeah. So that's that's my take on it, you know, that God will empower you not to sin. Right. And never cave into sin. Don't give into it. Don't coddle it. You know, just don't believe in, in, in secret sin or hidden sin. Just confess yeah. it and, and work at it, and God will deliver you. Get into the Word about those areas of your life, whether it's lying or lust or whatever it is. Submit to God. Yeah. Resist the devil. He'll flee from and you. And he'll flee from Amen. you. Amen. Amen. And you don't want the, the accuser of the brethren on you all the time. That's right. That's you, right. you don't want him to bring these charges when there aren't any. Why don't you pray us out? We're... Oh, yeah, this is great. So, Father, we want to thank you for your word. We got into your word, and your word got into us. Father, we just bless all those that are listening right now to this podcast. I pray if it's in their car, in their homes, the workplace, whatever it is, Father, I just pray your presence upon them right now, that you love them, they're good enough, and that you have a divine assurance of good for them. It's the word promise. In the Greek, it's epigelia, a big dose of epigelia right now, Father. And we want to thank you, Father, for the seed of Abraham, for those that are in Christ are truly the seed of Abraham as well. So we lift everybody up to you right now, Father. We thank you for this election that you're going to prevail, you are sovereign, you're going to put into office who you want to, and nobody's going to get away with anything. And Father, if there is corruption, I pray that you would expose it. Amen. You would expose it, you know. Uh, it says that, you know, Yeshua came into this, this earth, and he was a light, but men loved darkness. But we pray that this darkness would be exposed. And we ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. All right. Bless you guys. We love you. Thank you for participating with us. I know that through the Torah portions, God is going to show you things in your own life daily this week about how it is relevant to your life today. Bless you guys. Have a great week.